Hello, everybody, and welcome to Knights of the Pages Library. I am Bo Knight, and with me, as always, is Ryan Knight. Normally, we are Knights of the Pages Library, but today we are taking a little side quest on a journey to anime, and we are continuing our look at Parasite the Maxim. I wanted to say Maximum. You did good. You did good. <laughs> it was a hard fight, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to take a look, a look at episodes 7, 8, and 9. And if, and if you're listening to this and be like, what's going on? I don't understand. Go back to the first one and listen to that. Yeah, that's, yeah. So this little side quest we're on, as Bo put it, is uh, we just, there's still no pages involved in some anime episodes. So we're basically just kind of giving our review of individual episodes of an anime series. So. I wouldn't even say this is like a review, though. This is—I don't even know what this is. <laughs> we're just talking about it. That's true. Yeah, we're just kind of having a conversation about it. So, uh, and if you hate that idea, please feel free to let us know at kotpl.pod at gmail.com. That would be the easiest way for you to send us your hate, <laughs> or your love, or your recipes, or I don't know, like a weird treasure map. I don't even care. Very true. That's right. We're just uh, we're open to anything. So if anybody wants to talk to us, that would be the easiest way to do it. Uh, you can pretty much find us on a bunch of platforms at this point. Uh, but the email at this point would be the easiest way to get a hold of us. It's like the only one that I actually check. So correct. So. <laughs> with that, though. Yeah. So with that, let's get into episode seven. A Dark Knight's Passing. This one is directed by Yuki Inaba and written by Shinzo Fujita. This one originally aired the uh, subbed version in no, or, uh, sorry, on November 20, 2014 and the dubbed version November 21, 2015. Yep. This episode, like, I love, I love that this show picks up like right where it left off. Because last episode, you see like Shinichi jumping towards uh, another parasite. Supposedly, he's like jumping towards him. He's like, "I'm gonna kill you!" And that's like right where it picks up immediately in the next episode. And I love that. Yeah, and one thing, I mean, I gotta give this show credit because of stuff like that. Because they don't, they're not like. Oh, in case you forgot what happened over the last three episodes, let's recap it. They just they jump right into the story. They don't screw around, and that's there, good. There's like no waste in this show. There's really not, especially compared to quite a few other anime that I've seen. There's not nearly as much downtime and wasted screen time. Yeah. You're yeah, going so to have to help pick... me out on this oh. one. Okay, so yeah, we, so we we pick back up. Shinichi was trying to tell, I mean, Migi was trying to tell Shinichi something as he's running, but like Shinichi's just seeing red. He wants, he thinks this parasite is his mother, and so he's going to kill her. Right. But like almost immediately, you can tell that it's not, and he he kind of starts talking to this guy, and then he the the guy like reveals that he also was kind of in the same a similar situation as Shinichi, where he has a parasite bonded to him, but it didn't take over his brain. And this dude's just, like, on his chin, which is really weird to me. And, like, the parasite, like, takes over the mouth so the guy can't talk. The guy's name is Uda, by the way. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty funny, though. Yeah, his – and I don't know if they talk about it now, but I think they talk about it later. Like, th there's a huge contrast between, like, this guy's parasite and, like, Migi. Because, like, this this guy's parasite learned to talk by watching TV, and Migi learned to talk by by reading. And so, like, they, the way that they talk is a lot different. Yeah. I don't know. I find that really interesting. I don't know if you do. No, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because even uh, Shinichi comments on it. He's like, your parasite sounds kind of weird. And he's like, oh, he learns he learns everything he knows from watching TV or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because like his parasite can't be as independent as Migi is. Because almost well, anytime you see Shinichi with Migi in his room, Migi's on the computer. Right, Migi's either on the computer or he's actually reading books that Shinichi yeah. has, which is which I assumed is the difference is that uh, Uda probably doesn't have those things. I mean, he might ha he probably has the internet. I, 
I think part of it, though, is that Migi is a little different. Sure. Well, and even Uda's Parasite, which is, he just calls him Parasite. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could just call me Parasite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, even he, though, he was very, like, as per the um, Parasites go, he was very, like, mainstream. Because he specifically says, so we get this flashback of Uda, and he was going to kill himself by jumping off this cliff and he couldn't right, his, do like, it. His wife left him, right? Yeah, and he is like uh, such a pathetic human that he couldn't even kill himself. Well, this is when the parasite lands behind him and jumps into his like chest and it says that I was immediately going to go for this guy's brain, but then well, Uda when fell it, into when the it, water. When it jumps on him, like, Uda freaks out and falls off the cliff that he was going to kill himself on. Right. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's that's why his parasite is like, um, I had to do something else, because if I tried to take over his brain, we were just both going to die. But clearly his parasite wasn't as, like, whereas Migi was very okay with once he was like, oh, I'm a failure. I only took over his hand. He was like, well, I'm just going to make the best of it. Whereas this guy's parasite seems to just be like, yeah, you know, whatever. His, his parasite is mean too. Oh, it's, it, <laughs> Uda is known for crying. Like he, I think he even cries a little bit with like when he's telling the story to Shinichi. Right. And, and his parasite's like, does your host cry all the time? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Does he cry this much? Yeah, hilarious. And, uh, so that's, yeah, so I kind of got into that in my notes here a little bit, that just clearly where Migi seems very, like, um, refined and likes to learn and stuff, this, uh, Uda's parasite is very much so just, like, Meh, I'll just kick back and watch TV while this guy watches TV too. So, yeah. And I I wonder if that actually has to do with who they're bonded with. I mean, by the end of these three episodes. So again, I haven't actually seen these three up to the point I watch them. <laughs> I know, which totally changes like my like the whole perspective for me that you haven't seen all of these. Right. So it this is all new stuff for me. Whereas Bo has seen these. Probably what your second time now, maybe your third time, right? So, but for me, I mean, by the end of these three episodes, we really we get a lot more insight into like what is actually going on. I think. Yeah, a little. Yeah. (laughs) So Uda agrees to help Shinichi out because now Shinichi, like we said before, has the uh, issue where Migi will go to sleep for a minimum of four hours a day. And during that time, uh, Migi cannot detect other parasites. So Uda... And they can, like, lightly detect Shinichi. Right, that's... Yeah, that's true, because now they'll say that uh, his parasite seems to be, like, hibernating almost. Yeah. Um, So Uda agrees to help Shinichi by kind of standing guard... Because Shinichi's still um, waiting for his mother to come to the hospital to try and kill his father. So. Yeah, so he's protecting his dad. Right. Because, yeah, he just assumes the parasite's going to come back and finish his dad off. Yeah, well, she basically said as much. So She did. You're right. <laughs> so this is uh, where Migi explains to Shinichi that when he basically brought him back to life when he had to split himself in order to restore Shinichi's heart to keep him from dying, he split pieces of himself off into Shinichi's body. Which I love the way he explains it, and he like keeps making smaller replicants of himself. Right. Yeah, he shows that he can get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, like keep splitting himself into smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. But he says, by the time he splits himself so far down... The smallest ones, his consciousness, Migi's consciousness, can't actually, like, even feel those small of pieces anymore. 
Well, as so, far as I understand it, each little piece that he makes is its own thing and thinks for itself. Correct. Yes. That's yes. But he is always able to like tell the splits to return back to him. As long as they're not of a smaller, a too small of a size. Right. So he explains that at this part, he split so small that about 25% of himself is lost somewhere inside of Shinichi. He no longer can feel or communicate with them. Right. And then, so, yeah, so that's why Shinichi is like so fast and such a Chad now is because, uh, like, <laughs> He has a little bit of Migi running through him at all times. He is, dude. He's a total Chad now. Yeah, he went from milk toast to Chad. Yeah, so the natural I, progression. Right. <laughs> the natural progression if you go to the gym, kids. Yeah. So you can't just have a parasite infect you. Just keep good form, though. Right. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Uda ends up telling Shinichi that he can feel that there's a parasite um, coming yeah. towards the... Uh... And Yeah, and Shinichi just like takes off and he's like sprinting faster than the cars. He's running yeah. so fast. Right. Yeah, he's running past cars down the highway, which is kind of funny. Um, but this makes sense now because, kind of like we said, uh, Migi has split so far that a lot of him is basically coursing through Shinichi without Migi needing to control it. Well, Migi can't control it. Correct. Yes. So um, yeah, as Shinichi's like running to meet Uda, like Migi's like, I I have to go to sleep. Like I there's no way around it. And so he like morphs into this sweet scythe sword arm thing. Yeah. So that Shinichi will be able to fight. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that he's like going to sleep and it's just like <laughs> and it just stays like that. Which, now that I think about it, it's like he has four hours of a blade arm. Uh, yeah, because he can't change it himself. No. So, yeah, yes. you're right. That's all. That awesome. would kind of be inconvenient. <laughs> so, Shinichi's mother uh, comes out into this clearing and sees Uda, and she knows pretty quickly because well, uh, Uda's parasite comes out, right? Yeah. Of, of his chin. And she's basically like, you're a mistake, and I have to kill you as well. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. Like, it really is. Yeah, and, they, and I mean, they fight a little bit. And I love the fight scenes in this, just the freaking head whips, basically, of steel, and the sounds are so good. Yeah, the sounds are just spot on. Like, very, very good. I will say that. High quality, I, I think. Yeah, and, um, and so this parasite or parasite, I guess it's just what his name is. Come on, give him a name, right? Yeah, he's like he he fights for a little while, and he like mentions to Uda, he's like hey, she like she's a, she's a, she's really strong, but she's really predictable. She keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, and so when Shinichi's mom is attacking, she does like the classic. Her head like splits into two, or no, hers might be three. It's three, like, tentacle daggers, basically. Well, Uda's parasite, his chin parasite, is, like, one eyeball and two, like, little arm blades. That's all he's got. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It, it looks really weird because it's so, it's so awkward for Uda. It's, like, jerking <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, like, like you said, Uda's parasite's putting up a pretty decent fight. Uh... Except then she just friggin' stabs Uda right in the chest. And, yeah. And she ends up pushing him off this, like, cliff that's behind them. And, yeah. You're like, oh, great. Friggin' Uda. Uda sucks. <laughs> Poor and then, Uda. So at this point, it's like when Shinichi shows up. And he's like, oh, no, it's too late to fucking help Uda. And, I mean, it, at, at this point, he kind of thinks he's going to get his ass kicked. Because, like, even when they fought... Uh, was his name Mr. S? Uh, Mr. A. Mr. A. Yeah, when they fought him, it's like Shinichi couldn't even see his attacks. Like, that's how fast they are. Yeah, he couldn't see what Migi and Mr. A were doing. They were just whipping around so freaking yeah. fast. But at this point, Shinichi's uh, mother attacks him. And he, from the very beginning, like, blocks her attacks with his new, like, sword arm. 
And she immediately is like, how did he even, you know, see that coming? He shouldn't be able to as a human being. Right. Yeah. So Shanice is kind of like clowning on her. He's actually like doing really good and like kicking her ass. Right. Yeah. And then he like basically gets her on the ground. And he's like going to chop her head off. And then he her well, his mom's body holds up her burnt hand and it like. He hesitates for a couple minutes, obviously. Like, how could you not? That's well, basically your mother. A, a couple seconds, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too long. <laughs> but yeah, all it's, it takes. It, it's long enough for her to get a shot in that, like, he barely dodges and it, like, cuts his forehead pretty bad. Um, so she stands up and she's like, you know, now I'm going to kill you. And, yeah, uh, which I don't understand. Like, even, even I, I don't know. I feel like she would still whip her ass. Yeah, yeah, because he just, like, falls down. He still has his sword arm. But uh, then all three of her tentacle arms are cut off at the same time from behind. And yeah. uh, turns out Uda is not dead. And uh, Yeah, so... there's, like, that scene of the freaking parasite, like, pulling him up the cliff with his chin, which is gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, climbing with his little hook hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so Uda climbs up there and, uh, Shinichi's mom, it's basically just a head now cause he cuts her head off too, is like, how could you possibly still be alive? And Uda's parasite explains, he's like, while I was blocking all your attacks, it was clear what you were trying to do. So I was moving his internal organs and yeah. then I let you stab me in the chest. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't hit anything. And yeah, I was it's like, kind of an interesting move. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like. Wouldn't she still be able to sense that they were alive? See that that was the one part that kind of, eh, yeah, like. See, but I don't know. So now thinking about it, because Migi is asleep, doesn't she basically only sense one parasite? On one other parasite in the area. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point because she is kind of confused. Yeah, so maybe the one parasite she thought she was sensing was Migi, but in reality it was Uda's parasite. I don't know. I didn't really love that part. I mean, I love the part that uh, Uda is still alive and his parasite is awesome, but yeah, the the semantics of it kind of are weird. Uh, yeah, and then Shinichi like goes back and talks to his dad a little bit, right? Yeah, he just basically his dad basically has been drinking the entire time now. Yeah, well, I mean his wife's dead. Yeah, and not just like dead; she was like brutally, you know, murdered. So yeah. Um, it's really short though. Basically, it's just establishing that. Uh, Shinichi's dad's pretty, like, far gone at this point. Right, and so he doesn't really care what Shinichi's doing. Right, and then we get this quick cut um, at school of Kana and Maruno both pretty much sensing at the same time that Shinichi is back at school. Right, yeah. Um, And it's kind of weird because Kana... That girl from like that towards the beginning of the season when that group of guys, that gang like whip Shinichi's ass, that's what she's from. And uh, but she could sense that Shinichi was coming from a pretty long distance away. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that'll come up more later. I see a freaking you don't know anything. Ugh. I don't see. So no spoilers yet. That's why we're talking <laughs> about it episode by episode. <laughs> yeah. Good point. So yeah, that's, that's episode seven. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So moving on to episode eight. The name of the episode is called Freezing Point. This one is directed by Ooh. Koji? Koji Sawai? Sawai? I don't know. And again, 
again, I'll say this I know again. Koji is right. I, I say it every episode. We are not trying to be disrespectful by any means. I, I legitimately want to say this correctly, but I just I don't know how. <laughs> so We don't have the tools. Um, and then this one was written by uh, Shoji Yanamura again. So, and this one came out subbed November 27th, 2014, and dubbed December 5th, 2015. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good about like keeping like a year in between them. Yeah, I noticed this one though, normally it's about. I see that it was a week between the subbed versions, but if you notice, it was actually um, almost two weeks between the dubbed versions coming out, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, you're right. They do kind of change up a little bit, don't they? Yeah. Which, if you were a kid, and you were expecting to get to watch this after school, and it was a rerun, oh man, you'd be pissed. Dude, like, that's one of the things, like, the new age that I love about, like, anime. It's, like, one of the things I really had a hard time with when I was a kid was, like, I have to know what happens. Waiting a week is too long, so I just wouldn't watch. Exactly. Yeah, and unless you bought, like, the series on, like, DVD, there was no easy way to make sure you got to watch every episode in order. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That you, like, you're coming on TV and, like, say you missed a couple episodes, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? What's happening? I don't even yeah, know what's happening. If you missed a few episodes, yeah, you might as well just quit watching. Yeah. So, kids these, days, kids these days, kids these days, do not take this for granted. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, you don't even have to go to school. And second of oh, all... opening up again. Yeah, well, I won't get into that right now. But... um. Anyways, you you don't have to worry about coming home and catching an episode of freaking Dragon Ball Z after work. Yeah, exactly. You just get to come home and turn on Netflix and watch it all in one night if you want. So don't take that for granted. That's a serious blessing, I guess. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. Episode 8. So... The opening of this episode is actually super strong again. We're we're back to like a crazy hook of an opening. Um, you have a pregnant woman, which I guessed was Ryoko, and I was correct. Because it doesn't really look like her anymore at this point. Really? It didn't really to me. I It was something about... I think it was because they kept changing her face. Because she would like well, say something, and her teeth would get all sharp. It was like really yeah. weird. Um, but so you have her and she's like sitting on a bench behind somebody that's all hunkered over, bent over, uh, eating something, which I mean, we can only guess at this point, (laughs) but she asks him, uh, how old his host body is. And then his host body's like 16 or 17. So she tells him to follow Shinichi. Well, she wants him to go to school. Correct, yeah, because his host body is uh, the age that Shinichi is, basically. Oh, and he's like, his face is like fingers? Yeah, it's really weird looking. You know what it reminds me of? Those guys from freaking Oddworld? Oh, yeah! Wow, what a throwback reference. <laughs> yeah, oh, if anybody man. knows what that is. Good but luck. seriously, yeah. Good call. So this kind of opens up with, uh, I think that's his name, Itsumo, and I'm getting Itsumo. Mitsuo? It's Mitsuo. It's Mitsuo? There's an M at the beginning? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let and me he's actually you. not the leader of the gang. Right, but at this point, I didn't know that. So this is just my <laughs> note. That's fair. No, that's fair. This I, I literally write the notes as I'm watching the episode. So, yes, I might know that now, but I didn't when I was writing the notes. Uh, Mitsumo. It's Mitsumo? Mitsumo. Mitsumo. <laughs> With an uh, M. Yeah. I swear I got that off of the uh, the subtitles. I turned the subtitles on to get oh, his I name. Oh, I thought his name was Mitsuo. No, I, I swear that's what Kana calls him. 
you might be right. Oh no, you are exactly. It's Mitsuo. I'm looking oh, at the Mitsuo, not Mitsumo. Okay, I'm Mitsu. looking here. I'll change it right now just to make sure I don't mess it up in the future. Mitsuo. Okay. Anyways, so he's the uh, he was he's the leader. The, he's the dude in the beanie with the red coat that whipped Shinichi's ass. Exactly. So now he says he needs to talk to Shinichi because he saw Kana looking at a picture of Shinichi on her phone. So now he's all pissed off because he thinks that her and uh, Shinichi are like hanging out. And this part is hilarious because he Mitsuo tries to uh, attack Shinichi again because last time he whipped Shinichi's ass. Well, and Shinichi even says, he's like, it's not going to go the way it did last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he literally, he, first of all, Mitsuo can't even touch him. He's just like dodging around back and forth. He can't touch him. And Shinichi looks so bored. Right. And then freaking Mitsuo tries to like, uh, like roundhouse kick him and he catches his foot. And like pushes him off balance and takes his shoe off as he falls. <laughs> Which... Yeah, and he's like, here, he just hands it back to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that just seems so demeaning too. This dude just caught your well, foot. And for and... me, like the first time I watched this, I was like, yeah, get him, Shinichi, get him, because it was so heartbreaking to watch him just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, but this Shinichi, he like doesn't really he. Because he knows now, he's like, I could just kill this guy if I wanted to. Like, it's it's almost too easy. Well, it's not even like that it's too easy. It's like it's like fighting humans is beneath him. Right. Yeah, his body is, like, pretty far advanced at this point. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. <clears throat> so then uh, Marno and Shinichi are, end up hanging out. And uh, she asks shinichi all the time like you are shinichi i think how do you say his last name izumi izumi or something like that sure but she says you are shinichi right and he like normally he was always like oh yeah (laughs) like he was always weird about it but this time he's like you know who really knows at this point yeah (laughs) and she's like uh okay yeah, like, I don't understand how Shinichi gets all these girls when he acts so fucking weird sometimes. Right? Especially before he had, like, his superpowers now. Yeah. I don't, I don't really get it. So, then we end up getting kind of another clip of Kana. She can sense that Shinichi is close. And she, like, turns around as he walks up the stairs. But he's walking with Maruno. And this apparently upsets uh, Kana. Which at this point is a little weird because you're like, why does Kana like him? But Well, she's confused about why she can sense him. Right, exactly. She thinks... Wait, it, it, it gets to it. It gets to what you're, okay. what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it, we talk about it. Okay. Um, so then Shinichi goes home, talks to his dad. His dad's still just sucking down a bottle of Crown is what it looks like. No way, it's Japanese whiskey. Okay, sucking down a bottle of Crown Sake. And, uh... <laughs> You've had Japanese whiskey. What are you doing? I have. I have. Uh, it's I had actually the, pretty good. Yeah, dude, the Suntory stuff that I had was delicious. So, anyways... um. Dude, so there was a little clip. I can't remember exactly in the episode right now because it's been about two weeks since I watched these, but there is a sound bite in there that is a Death Note sound. I do specifically... Yeah, it's like the... It's actually a very common sound in Death Note. It's like that weird little, like, uh, sound they use as, like, a scene is starting. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. I definitely did not notice that. Good, good catch. If you watched it again, you'd you'd probably notice it. This time. I'll probably yeah. notice it all over the place. Right. Um. Anyways, so Shinichi ends up complaining to Migi that he basically doesn't feel like a human anymore. 
because his dad is like all upset about his mom dying, but Shinichi can't even cry about it. Right, and he usually like clutches his chest like right where he was freaking stabbed whenever yeah. he has like really hard feelings. Right. And so yeah, I mean is is Shinichi human anymore? I don't know. He's kind of a chat now. <laughs> yeah. Um and and that's when they like he's like hanging out with Murano, right? And like Shinichi's kind of like actually understanding like how heightened his senses really are and he yeah. can like actually like hear and sense people. And then he's like closing his eyes and focusing on it and like he hears something call out for help and he like takes off. Yeah, he's actually like testing his abilities and so he hears something calling out for help and he goes and he runs to the road well it's actually like a puppy dog that's been hit by a car and it's terribly sad it is (laughs) super sad yeah so shinichi like takes the puppy up and he like puts it in his arms and he like holds it until it dies because because migi tells him it's like there's no way you can save it right it has too much internal damage or whatever yeah, so it dies in his arms, and he just throws it in the trash, which is so brutal. It's oh my god. pretty bad, and when Marono questions him about it, she's like, how could you just do that? And he's like, what? It's just a dead piece of meat. Like, <laughs> dude, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, and then, so, Marono gets all upset, and she runs off, and then, uh, uh, Shinichi ends up getting the puppy back out and, like, burying it. And yeah, talks which is like to a Nigi. Japanese tradition, though, to bury something by a tree to give it the nutrients. Is yeah, because like he says thing. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he says that he's like this. This dog's, uh, this dog will basically decompose as nutrients for the tree. Um, but then he like talks to Migi for a quick second about it, and Migi's like, she's probably upset because you said something I would have said. Yeah, and yeah, and, that's when Shinichi's like, oh fuck. Yeah, Shinichi's basically like, oh. Okay, I guess I am changing quite a bit. Well, because at first, Shinichi doesn't understand what he did wrong by throwing the dog in the trash. Right. Which is kind of weird for him as, like, who right, he is. Right, because he's a sensitive guy. Right, exactly. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I love the way that they kind of play with, like, is he human? Is he not? Like, I don't know. I, I, I like that. I do, too. And I like the way they're they're building on it, too. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so then he ends up back in school, and Migi can sense another parasite at the school. And Shinichi assumes that it is uh, Ryoko back to kill him, basically. Right. But um, the new. <laughs> this when the kid shows up, the one guy's like, hey, who are you? And he just socks this dude in the face. Yeah. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> um, but this kid that we saw in the beginning of the episode that was uh, had his finger face, he uh, introduces himself. I'm pretty sure they said uh, Hideo Shimada. Yeah, they call his... him Shimada. Yeah, Shimada. Um, yeah, and he's like, I want to be friends with you, Shinichi. And Shinichi's just like, no. You are a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, and then they show him, like, uh, they race, right? At like In, like, gym class, they go to race, and Shinichi's like, I can't go full out because it would look bad. And then well, this, He would break world records. Yeah, but Shimada just, like, runs right past him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, my God, this new kid is, you know, he's super talented and all this stuff so immediately like from the first day everybody's noticing this kid yeah and he's cute i guess yeah all the girls are like swooning over him well at least little shinichi's harem of those the three girls i can't remember the two other names i can't either i think i wrote the one down in the next one because i i thought she's becoming a bigger character i probably should recognize her um so But this guy says that uh, Ryoko Tamiya sent him to follow Shinichi, but he has no intention of hurting Shinichi or even feeding on humans anymore. 
Yeah, and supposedly he hasn't fed on a human in a long time, right? Yeah, that's what he says. At the beginning, I don't know. What was the, he eating? At the beginning is kind of questionable, and we got a pretty questionable scene coming up even, too. So, yeah. Is he a lying piece of shit? I don't know. Well, and the reason he says that he's interested, him and Ryoko are interested, because Migi and Shinichi have a very, like, symbiotic relationship. Whereas the other parasites, they strictly take over the brain and take over the body and basically turn it into their own. And they can, after that point, they can no longer survive without feeding on humans, basically. Whereas Shinichi and Migi now have this very symbiotic relationship where they work together. Yeah. Yeah, so Shinichi is a kind of a unique case. And they're especially interested in him now that he's like all chatted up. Yeah, because they've noticed, obviously, now how much he's changed since, you know, kind of, like, absorbing parts of Migi. And as far as I understand, too, like, parasites can actually sense the strength of another individual. Yes. Which and makes so sense. Shinichi's very, very, very powerful now. Right. Which I did really like this other scene where he's, like, looking out the window and he's, like the music gets all intense and he's like jacking himself up and he's like, what am I going to do? You know? And, and, and then so he notices somebody standing behind him and he turns around and his face is all mad. And then the music just cuts off because it's Murano. Yeah. Just standing behind him. <laughs> oh. yeah. he I, basically... love, I love, I love the, like the angry eyebrows and like the dark <laughs> lines they give on his face. Yeah. <laughs> that part is pretty funny. I like the yeah, no, I like this good. The, I, I like the injection of humor every once in a while into the otherwise very serious show. It's a serious and kind of depressing show, right? So I think it's very good that they do that. Sometimes they inter- interject a little bit of uh, humor in there. And I guess you're, this is what I was talking about. So we like get another scene with Connor, right? And she thinks her she can sense her soulmate, and so yes. she can she she thinks. Shinichi is coming around the corner, but it's not. It's that it's that new guy. Uh, what's his name? Shimada. Shimada. Yeah. So that's it's very interesting too because she comes around the corner and she says like she says like hey or something like that, and she goes oh I thought you were Shinichi, and he's like, which I like this a lot because other shows he would have just been like oh weird and walked off. But this is like a key point is he's like, why would you think I was Shinichi when you couldn't even see me? And most of the time people mistake two people because they look similar. What makes you think I look like Shinichi? Like he starts just grilling her immediately. And uh, she's like, oh, it's uh, it's nothing. Well, this dude grabs her and is like going to drag her off because he's like, yeah, no, there's something different about you. Like, yeah. (laughs) So. Uh, Shinichi shows up as he's dragging Kana off and uh, basically tells, you know, uh, Shimada to leave her alone. But then Shimada leaves and Shinichi walks up and is asking Kana if she's okay. And she basically screws him because she sees behind him, Murano comes around the corner. And so she like, hugs Shinichi and is like oh Shinichi that guy was gonna you know he was taking me away and that's all that uh Murano sees so Murano gets all pissed off yeah which makes sense um so then it cuts to the scene of uh Shimada changing his face uh saying this will work as bait for tonight so he like looks at a uh poster on the wall and changes his face to the guy on the poster and then uh, proceeds to turn around and have some inner monologue about uh, this he's calling her a sow but it's just some younger gal and, yeah uh, yeah he like takes this girl away and it clips away and we're like wait a minute I thought he wasn't eating people anymore so we still don't know what's happening at this point. Yeah, and then we get 
much scene with like Shinichi's dad, and you can like see in like what a poor state Shinichi's dad is in. But Shinichi is pretty well kept, and he doesn't look like a lot's messing with him. And his dad even says to him, "He's like you're like steel, but like you're like a metal shell with nothing left on the inside anymore." And like yeah. I don't, they don't understand like how he can be so calm, right? Or have basically like no emotion for the fact yeah, that like, his mother was murdered. So, and then the very end of the episode definitely looks like uh, Shimada was eating that girl that he took away. So, was he lying? They don't really say, though, because all you can see is Shimada's feet, and you can see her feet up off the ground, and you can hear some, like, slurping and eating sounds. But, yeah, can't see anything, so we don't know yet. Bo knows, but I don't, still. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so. I know. I'm trying to be. It's it's just super interesting to me because, like, you basically know all the information already. You just don't know that you know it. Okay, fair enough. I guess I'll figure out what sense. that means. I'll figure out what that means. I guess soon. <laughs> and I I didn't realize even coming into this that you hadn't seen it all. Yeah. Just makes it a little more interesting. It's. I just got to watch what I say. Well, it is interesting, um, but I actually – part of me thinks it's better because I won't accidentally say any spoilers. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> I point. can't. But... Well, and I think moving forward, I would like to both of us to be like the first time watching something. Yeah, and that might be hard to do, but we can definitely uh, – or, can... or maybe we've, we've both seen it. Right, yeah, I would say one or the other would probably be a good way to do it. So, um, Yeah, so that was pretty much the end of episode 8. Let's move on to episode 9. Beyond Good and Evil, directed by Shinichi Kawamura? Kawamura? I feel like that's how you'd say that. Trying, I promise. And uh, written again by Shinzo Fujita. And this one, original subbed, November 27th, 2014. Original dubbed, December 12th, 2015. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this open, this episode doesn't have quite as strong of an opening, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, so this is the one where uh, Kana now can sense... Uh, Shimada walking up to her because she now realizes she can sense both Shimada and Shinichi. Um, but oh no, I changed his Mitsuo? name. Mitsuo. Mitsuo, yeah, Mitsuo. Um, so she ends up running into Mitsuo, and that he now wants to fight Shimada because he's just always looking for fight. He's always just an angry dude. Yeah, he just wants to fight, dude. He's just mad at the system. Uh, pretty much. So uh, Shimada and Mitsuo go into the bathroom where Shimada very quickly freaking just knocks him out. And Yeah, what does he say to him? He's like, he's like, if you ever try anything with me again, I will kill you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he actually says he will end him. Yeah, you're right. Not kill, end. <laughs> which is somehow so, worse. Right. And he says he went easy on him. Yeah. Um, Little bitch, Mitsuo. Right. So. Oh, you even said that we one of the weaker openings. I didn't even I didn't see that part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't really like it because a lot of the openings are very strong or they are a direct continuation of the episode before. And I thought this one was just kind of nah. Like well, to be honest, this is kind of a filler episode. Not filler, filler. Not like you not like an episode of the anime where they're like, "Do you remember when we did this?" And then they like go back and just basically show all the same things. But yeah. this is just kind of like building to something else. <laughs> you think that's bad? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> um. So we end up getting uh. We end up figuring out kind of where this whole thing where uh, Murano is always asking Shinichi. If that's who he is, because Dude, the... I literally didn't even think about this <laughs> until now. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> it 
It kind of does, but it's still kind of weird that she, like, always asks him that, apparently. But apparently that's, like, their thing, because that's how they met. So they uh, apparently were going to end up going to the same school, and she walks up to him and says, you are Shinichi Itsumi, right? And he's like, oh, oh, oh. And she's like, oh, I got the wrong person. He's like, wait, no, that's me. Yeah, yeah. So this we get this kind of flashback where we see Shinichi how he was at the beginning of the season and uh we just we realize again like how far he's actually come from the way he yeah. used to be he went he went from simp to chat dude <laughs> yeah he's not even really a simp at this point cuz he just really doesn't give a shit no so <laughs> um so uh, Shimada finds out that uh, Shinichi's parasite. So he kind of figures out Shinichi's weakness really quickly, like way quicker than we thought he should. <sighs> okay, yeah, I don't know if it's a weakness though. Well, he just realizes that um, he finds out when Migi is asleep because he thinks that Migi's signal feels very weak. So he's like, obviously, uh, he's he's looking at the back of Shinichi. And so he thinks, Shinichi should react if I send, like, murderous intent his way. So he, like, projects all this murderous intent towards uh, Shinichi, and Shinichi doesn't do anything. He doesn't even react at all. Doesn't tense up, no nothing. So this is how... Uh, Shimada finds out that basically Migi is not reacting at all. So, yeah, but Shim, they don't understand why. Right, that's true. Yeah, they they just know that for like part of the day, his parasite signal gets weaker. Correct, and much, doesn't react much weaker. Yeah. This is what I was talking about. So that girl's name is Yuko. So she's yeah, been here from like, she's been here from like the beginning of the whole show, but kind of failed to mention her at this point because I thought she was a very like B-list character up to this point. To be honest, she's the ugliest girl in the show. <laughs> very, very true. Um, but she basically is like, says that like Shinichi's like her brother so apparently they've been really close for a long time um yeah which I okay right exactly <laughs> I don't, I don't get those vibes at all but it's sure. been kind of weak up to this point I mean we've seen her a few times and she like kind of you know says some stuff to Murano that might hint at that but yeah it's kind of overall pretty weak premise um anyway she has a drawing of Shimada um and I guess she thinks he's pretty hot. So that's, but that's about it. And then we move on from that scene. I don't know. I don't know if she's drawing him because she thinks he's hot or if she's just practicing. Like, I think that's part of it is she thinks he's cute. But it's part of it is like, she wants to, she wants, she wants to practice her drawings. Right. So but then she's kind of, him. she's kind of embarrassed though, that she like picked him. Right. And then she's right. kind of, she, her cheeks turn all red. Like they do in anime, you know? She's well, that freaking one girl is just such a little catty freaking shit starter. Oh, yeah. Well, we uh, – that's not even this part, man. This is where freaking uh, Yuko is just drawing by herself. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're I, right. I took notes on that part where that other girl says something to her about it. Um, so we cut to Shinichi's father is being questioned by some feds. Some federal-looking dudes. And we find out at this point that the government knows about the parasites. Right. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of knew that, I guess, already. Um, they like end up showing... They, when they were trying to make him not talk about it. Right. Yeah, they, they dropped some hints on this uh, when Shinichi's mother was killed because they're basically like, yeah, they're like, you hit your head, you don't remember what happened, you know, so. Yeah. Um, 
so then we cut to this weird kind of conversation between uh, Ryoko, Tamiya, and someone we don't know yet. Uh, they had a name, because I still had the subtitles on for some reason at this point, and they it had a uh, You'll name. meet him again, don't worry. Well, it had a name for this person, but I, I didn't write it down because I didn't know if that was important or not. Um, but basically, this guy and Ryoko are talking about the fact that um, the humans have become toxic to the planet Earth. And now there is a need for balance. And this is basically what the parasites are for, essentially, is to create the balance supposedly supposedly yeah that's what they think their purpose is correct it doesn't come out and say this but because of what's been said previously that's the vibes i get yeah and i put in my notes that it's a strange time to be talking about that since you know we're all on lockdown in some way or another so well at least there isn't a plague of parasites that look just like humans no instead it's a super scary virus that we can't even see yeah, ten times worse. I don't know. I might actually feel better if it was things that were disguised as humans. I don't know. I don't know. Then I couldn't trust anybody. I already don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so Shinichi's father ends up telling Shinichi... Probably breaks every rule that the federal guys just told him. And tells Shinichi everything immediately. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's basically coming clean about what happened to his mom. Right. So Shinichi already knew. Yeah. Uh, so when they were talking to Shinichi's dad, though, they showed him a drawing, like an artist rendition of what they think these creatures might look like. And we basically pretty saw... Pretty good drawing. It's a pretty accurate drawing. Um, and they tell... Shinichi's dad, that they think they can change their form, they can change their face if they need to, all these things. Um, And so this Yuko girl walks into the room, and there's a guy sleeping on the couch, and she sees a drawing on the table. Well, it's the drawing that they showed Shinichi's dad, and the guy was there with the feds questioning Shinichi's dad. Well, it's Yuko's brother. So we get a little bit more of like a He's a sketch artist. Uh, What's that called? A sketch artist? (laughs) Is that really it? A police sketch artist? I think so, yeah. They don't have a better title than that? Except he's on the federal level, so maybe it is something better when you're a a fed. (laughs) Crime-fighting artist. (laughs) Um, So we get another little kind of uh, yarn, you know, like a yarn string connecting things. Where... She shows her brother... Never mind. Maybe that's not this episode. No, it's still coming up. Okay, this one's uh, this one's hard to keep straight. Yeah. Um, so her she picks up this drawing and she's looking at it of the parasite. Uh, and her brother wakes up and he takes it away. Um, most likely he would get fired at this point, if I had to guess. Because... Yeah, who, who falls asleep drawing with the notebook open? Right. There's no possible way. Most likely, if I had to guess, he wouldn't even be allowed to take that notebook home. That's He'd probably have to yeah. leave it at work. Yeah. Uh, anyways, semantics. But uh, so she has her brother look at her drawing of Shimada and asks if he can sense anything about her drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so weird to me. Yeah. It's, it's like, like super weird. So, yeah. Apparently she can sense things about Shimada, but she hasn't really said that to anyone yet. So... I don't know if she can sense it. I don't... Because she does not have, like, the power that uh, Murano and that other girl have. Right. But she clearly is getting some vibes off of him. Well, I mean, he's a strange guy. Yeah. And she, like you said before, she thinks he's cute, so she's obsessed and she's just watching him. Correct. So the very next scene is her watching him. Uh, he's st- <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. <laughs> he's standing outside of like the ba- a baseball game, and you hear the ball get hit, and he, he turns around, 
and the friggin' ball hits him in the head and dents his head in. Which Yeah, like really bad. And he like holds his hand up and puts it down and the dent's gone. Right. But Yuko saw the whole thing. She yeah. saw his head get dented in and uh one part that kind of bothered me about this though is shouldn't he have been able to like sense the ball coming his way and like catch it or something like that? I guess yeah, but he probably wasn't paying attention to like human things. Maybe yeah. But yeah, cuz he they think that stuff's like beneath them, so you're probably right. Um so Shinichi is talking to Murano and Migi interrupts him and says that he can sense that Shimada has murderous intent. For... Oh, it, it, is this the first time that we see the little like mouth that he makes that like goes up to I, his ear? I can't remember if it's the mouth or if it's the eye. You know, normally he pops out of his shirt collar as an eye. Yeah, but uh, I, I think from like the, he does like a little tiny mouth and he puts it like right <laughs> in his ear. That is kind of funny though. <laughs> Um, so it's, uh, Mitsuo, and he has a whole gang of guys with him, and, uh, he's basically wants to fight Shimada again, but with a whole group of dudes. Yeah. Um, so Shinichi runs to help, but not to help Shimada, he's actually going to help the other people, because he knows what'll happen otherwise. Um... So you get the scene of like this gang of guys. There's like six guys standing around Shimada, and he he tells all of them they can go ahead and attack him if they want, all of them at once, because he can tell Shinichi's coming, and he wants them, you know, to get it over with if they want to do something. But that's when oh, that's right, because Shinichi he just freaking high jumps this like nine foot wall. Yeah, and lands on the other side, and it actually freaks out Shimada. Yeah, Shimada's like, "What? I didn't know he would be able to do that." Yeah, Shimada is like uh, surprised by Shinichi's like athletic capabilities, basically. So, but it's funny because Shinichi tells Shimada to leave because he. I, so did Shimada assume Shinichi was coming to help those kids? I'm assuming. Or those guys, I, th- I should say. I guys. think what Shimada wanted was those people to attack him so he could transform and see what Shinichi really would do to him. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think. Right. To me, that's what he's doing. Try to push push Shinichi's buttons yeah, a little bit. He, he's he's trying to like to get Shinichi to fight him. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. But Shinichi doesn't. And Shinichi tells Shimada to leave. And then Shinichi also... This this is where Shinichi calls out... So, from this point, we've assumed that Mitsuo was the leader of this little gang. But Shinichi says that uh, you're not the leader. It's that guy behind you. And it's like Well, first he's, like, talking. But you can tell he's not talking to freaking Mitsuo. And he's like, I'm talking to you. And he, like, points the guy out that's, like, hanging out behind all of them. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's just one of the part of the gang. Oh. <clears throat> That's right, because then Mitsuo's like, how did he know that Yano was the, the leader? Yeah, and then Yano's like, what does he say? He's like, get out of here, pretty boy, and goes to punch him. And Shinichi just grabs his fist, and he's like, what does he, he say? He's he, like, he squeezes it a little bit. <laughs> right, but he says something. He's like, he's like, if they won't listen to reason, maybe i got to show them something else. Yeah. And then he, like, lets go of that dude's hand, and that guy literally turns around, puts his hands in his pocket, and walks away. And he's like, come on, let's go. And they're like, what the hell, Yano? And then Yano, like, inner monologue's like, he would have killed me. He was going to mm-hmm. kill me. So it just goes to show you, again, how strong Shinichi's getting. Yeah, he squeezes his hand for, like, a second, too. Yeah, he, like, it's He, like, just quick. pushes his fingers on him. Right. <laughs> but apparently there was so much strength in it that it scared this and this guy is like big like he looks like he's like a foot and a half taller than shinichi is yeah yeah yeah. he's way bigger than shinichi he looks cool yeah he has badass like a leather jacket (laughs) um so we get a quick little scene of uh murano 
telling Shinichi why she thinks he's different at this point. Um, and then Shinichi goes from that conversation to a conversation with Migi, and Migi's like, yeah, man, you're totally different. I can sense it, too. Like, <laughs> um, And then we kind of cut away from them for a little bit, and we go to Yuko. She decides she's going to start following Shimada around for whatever reason. She must just have some intuition about him. Yeah. And uh, she sees him. He's staring up at a poster again. And when he turns around, his face is different. So she sees that part. Um, and then it goes, it cuts back, right? To where they're talking in the living room. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Which I, I don't know. That's kind of a cheese ball thing, in my opinion. Because it's almost like they were like, oh, shit, we forgot to explain this part to her. I don't know. Maybe she's coming back the next day and talking to him again. But it's like a flashback. They like, I don't know. To, to me, it almost seems like she she talks to him. She starts watching uh, whatever his name is again. And then she asks her brother more about them after that. I right. Think, I think. To me. I think you're right. So either way, she asks her brother um, about the uh, what he drew, you know, and what he knows about it. So basically finds out that, yes, they can change their appearance and stuff like this. So this is when she kind of uh, – this is where she calls him into the freaking classroom and calls him out. She's like, I know what you are. And well, she grabs something, right? Because he talks about – her brother talks about the fact that they, uh, they don't they, – they react poorly to toxic things. Yeah, what's she grab? Like a pencil or a pen or something? Oh, pa- that's right. Paint thinner. Yes, you're correct. That's it is right. important or I wouldn't mention it. Okay, that's right. Um, so, and then we see Shimada starts to, like, panic, and his eyes get all weird, and uh, his face splits and starts to open. And then we cut real quick to Migi warning Shinichi that she can, or that uh, Migi can feel uh, Shimada's murderous intent. And, like, there's a ton of it, apparently, because Migi's very, like, it's like, no, seriously, right now. Yeah, she's just like, son of a bitch! In the, what does he say? He's like, that son of a bitch! In the yeah. middle of class. In the middle of class, yeah, he stands up and he, like, slams his desk. He's like, that son of a bitch! And then the episode's over. That's it. Uh, yeah, and which, I, we always end these on, like, the cliff, most cliffhangery episodes, I think. Right? I think you're right, because it almost seems like they do it like every three episodes <laughs> yeah so yeah like this is leading up to some big stuff okay that's good to know i need to watch him so i might sit down and watch one tonight because now it's got me all remembering what was going on <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest with you i watched this and then i watched almost the whole series like at one night again because this is kind of in my opinion the next episode is kind of where it picks up a lot and it's already kind of pretty good. That's good to know. Oh, dude, there's 24 episodes, though. <laughs> yeah, that's not very many. That's like 12 hours. 12 hours. 12 hours? Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Obviously, they do. I'm lucky if I watch one episode a night, especially when I'm taking notes, man. It takes me like over an hour to watch one episode, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I rewind a lot, too. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's uh, 7, 8, and 9 of Parasite the Maxim. Yeah. So, again, just uh, to reiterate, if anybody loves and or hates and or is neutral about this idea, please let us know at kotpl.pod at gmail.com. We would love to know your feelings about this and or anything you want to email us about. Yeah, literally anything. So with that, uh, what are we doing next time, Bo? So next time will be another audiobook review, and it'll be A Brave New World. That's right. That is the next planned episode for us. And then after that will be another Parasite, right? Maybe 
or a round table or another book we haven't decided that far yet actually we oh man uh tomorrow the new audible originals should come out oh my god i forgot all about those yeah so i will do my best to either one of us will hopefully remember and we'll get two of those picked out get them downloaded get them listened to maybe knock out an episode as quick as we can and maybe even the next episode so yeah so yeah basically what we're trying to say is we have no idea what we're doing so that's not true Uh, I, I forgot completely about the Audible Originals, dude. Yeah, I uh, I almost did too. But yeah, tomorrow is Friday, the first Friday of the month, which is when uh, the Audible Originals drop. So. I hate the Audible Originals sometimes. Oh, whoa, whoa, easy, easy. We we gotta give them a chance. We gotta give them a chance. It's been like a year of listening to them, and we, I've maybe had two that were good. We've good, been not great. Yeah, we've been trying. Audible, <coughs> we've been trying to give you guys, you know, a lot of airtime. Just saying. So, I mean, this but, this is one of the few episodes we actually wouldn't mention Audible, and they came up anyway. Yeah, exactly. See, we always come back to Audible. So, but yeah, we will. I need to look at that. So we'll see if we can. We might even be able to see what the ones coming out are already. So. But so with yeah. that, let's wrap this one up. Uh, I just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who's been listening. We really appreciate it. So yeah, thank you for sticking with us through all this. I don't even I don't know the freaking rambling of two madmen. I guess basically what it is with zero editing. So yeah, thank you for it's, sticking with us. It's uncut. <laughs> yeah. So. With that, we uh, we hope to catch you guys in the next one.